You must be quite proud, Andres, because this is quite an achievement for you to have, in such a short period, created such a powerful tool. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do that. <laughs> uh, can we avoid this question? Sure, <laughs> we can. Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into innovation in FSC. I have been so excited to share this episode with you. Because while Andres may be too shy to take full credit for it, he has been working on something that is truly amazing and that can revolutionize the way that FSE does audits. And it launches today, February 1st, 2021. It's called the FSE GIS portal, and that's what we'll be talking about today. As you may know, this podcast series focuses on how we can increase the impact of FSE on nature, people, and the climate through new solutions, because that's the ultimate mission of FSC, to ensure that we have forests for all, forever. And with the launch of the GIS portal, there's a new tool that's been added to the toolbox. But what is GIS exactly? Let's hear how Joanna, who's our program manager for data analytics, evaluations and learning, explained it last time we focused on GIS and FSC. Hmm, that is a very interesting question because there are so many books written about GIS and they have on average more than 100 pages. <laughs> so you gave me <laughs> quite a challenge. So I will try to respond with referring to a saying that a picture is worth more than a thousand words. And that's what GIS is. GIS helps you to visualize information that is otherwise available in complex Excel sheets, sometimes PDFs, sometimes really literally pictures, images, sometimes in other form of, of databases. And it pulls it all together and put this, this as a pin on the map. And then when you see those pins on the map, you see patterns that otherwise are just not possible to discover, to comprehend for human mind. So, GIS lets us see things through a lens of that particular data set and lets us identify patterns. What is it then that this new portal that we've launched today can do? Let's hear from Andres Ramirez. He is the FSC GIS officer and a shy but proud father of the GIS portal. Hi, Andres, and welcome back to Forest of the Future. So, I know you've been working really hard this last almost a year now, I guess, on something that you call the GIS portal. Can you tell us more about what that is? Hi, Loa. Thank you for having me again. And yes, we've been working quite hectic to launch the, the tool. And the GIS portal is basically a web app that will provide access to spatial forest relevant information, such as tree cover loss, intact forest landscapes, protected areas, indigenous and community lands, and so on. So a bunch of geospatial data sets, as well as of the different boundaries that are being voluntarily provided by stakeholders. These will be combined with up-to-date satellite imagery. So we would be able to access satellite imagery from one week ago. And by means of several geospatial analysis, the user will be able to identify and geographically highlight and locate the affectations of the forest cover within the area of interest, most likely the certified forest. We already have one GIS tool out there called FSCs on the map. How does this, what you're doing now, how does this differ from that? 
as you see on the map, I will call it um, more than an app, some sort of dashboard in which the user can visualize the boundaries of certified forests that are being contributed on a voluntary basis by certificate holders or by network partners. And it gives you some sort of overview of the available boundaries, such as which companies are there, which countries have the higher amount of certified forests. So it's like some sort of dashboard summarizing data. On the other hand, the GIS portal will be more an analytical tool that will allow the user not only to visualize the boundaries and have summaries of information, but also to conduct, let's say, advanced geospatial operations, combining several layers on the satellite-derived forest data. Who will these users be? So we have designed this from the very beginning to be a tool for auditors and certification bodies and for FSC staff. So of today, the main users will be auditors and FSC staff, but we do see potential to bring this to a further development where we could uh, expand the user base of the tool. Mm -hmm. But could you explain a bit more specifically for me? So let's say I'm an auditor and I go on the GIS portal. What do I do there? What is it that I can use it for? So generally speaking, the user will be able to get insights of what's happening on the field before actually going to the forest. The tool can warn the auditor about potential non-conformities, and he or she will be able to use the app to plan an upcoming audit, identify concerning areas, and also, let's say, verify audit evidence. So the general workflow would be that the user will log in with the standardized FSC Connect, account, will access the app, and the first thing he or she will need to do would be to uh, select an area of interest that will come from the certified forest layer we have there, or uploading a new data set, or drawing by hand the approximate boundaries of the certified forest of interest. And then she will be able to select the source of the forest loss data that will be coming from either forest loss layer from the University of Maryland, that it's the one being used by Global Forest Watch, or by selecting more up-to-date satellite imagery so that he or she can compute mathematical operation between images and get a, a result on concerning areas. And at the end of the workflow, there is the possibility to, uh, to connect those um, feature layers those predefined layers with principles and criteria. So let's say I'm interested on the criteria referring to water causes. So I will be able to select the relevant layer and calculate the actual amount of forest loss that has occurred within the riparian zones within my area of interest. And it works the same for other criteria. So if I'm interested to know what's going on within IFLs, then I will be able to do that. And the same for protected areas, indigenous indigenous lands, and, and, and so on. Okay. So what you're saying is basically you're creating a tool where we can monitor if an area is identified as either intact forest landscape IFL or a protected area or that there is a, a water source there and you therefore are not allowed to harvest very close to that place. And you can then use the tool to identify whether harvesting has actually taken place even though it's not supposed to correct that's a pretty interesting tool how automated is that 
how much work is it for an auditor to go and use it? Is it themselves who have to lay these things on top and spend quite a lot of time in utilizing it? Or is it something that's pretty automated? Uh, I would say two workflows options. The a predefined workflow that will be the simpler one where the auditor just go there. He or she does not have to upload any data. He or she will use the predefined data sets and the predefined forest loss data from the University of Maryland. So basically, he won't have to do uh, a lot of steps. And at the end, he will just say, look for a criterion number of X. I want you to evaluate what's going on using this layer for criterion number Y. I want you to evaluate what's going on in this other layer. And he will hit calculate and it will be quite automated. There is another option in which um, if I, as a user, would need more detail or I have additional information that the information that it's being displayed on the platform, I will also be able to up upload the files and combine those files with the ones that are already existing to create a more complete data source and do the same. If I want more recent information coming from the sky, from the satellite, I will be able to select from the archive of satellite images the ones that I'm interested on and calculate a more advanced forest dynamic uh, layer with results. And that layer will show a forest loss and a forest regeneration with a certain degree of accuracy and sensitivity. So... You've been mentioning forest loss quite a lot. Is that not the only, but is that the what we can see from the satellite images, or is there other things that we can observe in just forest loss? In, in this portal, as of today, we will only be able to see forest loss or tree loss, vegetation disturbances at, I would say, medium scale. The forest loss that is coming from the University of Maryland is being produced using a quite advanced artificial intelligence model. They produce a global data set with, with the tree cover loss using satellite imagery. So we are not involved in producing such data at all. So we are using the, that, that open source data that is being produced by, by the University of Maryland. That's only tree cover loss. And it might also include forest disturbances, but the main goal is to, to highlight tree cover loss. On the other hand, when we use the more advanced workflow and, and the user chooses to, to select the up-to-date imagery, we, are, we will be able to, set, to identify on a finer scale affectations to the vegetation, tree cover loss, forest disturbances, but also a regeneration of the vegetation. So not only loss, but also the, the positive changes. Mm, but that requires for me to go in and more manually select specific new imagery. Yes. Oh, okay. And that's imagery that's on the platform imagery I have to, I have to bring to the table myself. No, no. The, the, the imagery is there in the platform. We, the user will have two options, either Sentinel-2 that it's coming from the European Space Agency with a 10-meter spatial resolution. Or Landsat 8, which is coming from the United States Geological Service, which has a 30-meter resolution. And a combination of two of them will give uh, an approximately five days revisit time, which means that the user will have uh, continuous access each five days for the same region of interest. Mm -hmm. 
So it sounds like this platform brings new possibility for auditors when wanting to prepare for auditing in terms of more information being available and being able to see what's actually gone on in the forest they're going to audit. What possibilities do you see it bring for forest owners? The app is not intended um, for owners to, to use them themselves, but will give some benefits in terms of less audit time. Once you know beforehand what's going on in the field, you'll have to spend less time on the actual audit. That's my hypothesis. And that will reflect on perhaps in less less costs or less time of audit. And if it does not reflect in, in less um, money, it will definitely reflect in more objective auditing process, relying on unbiased information and more information, data-driven audits. I guess also for some forest owners, if they face allegations from local stakeholders, for example, that they have been harvesting too intensively or that they've cleared an area that they weren't supposed to clear. And after the fact, that could be really hard to prove when did something happen. I guess this platform will also allow you to go back in time and see when a clearing actually happened and see whether a management was too intensive so that it brings a sense of more security for forest owners in that sense or more integrity to the FSC system. Definitely. So... This kind of, of technology allows to see things that otherwise will be very difficult to see. So uh, what you're mentioning, the scale of, of harvesting, the scale of operation, how uh, regeneration cycles are behaving, how the harvesting cycles are taking place. Is the is this forest owner living set-aside areas constantly in the same place? All those things will be able to detect Mm-hmm. How far back in data could you go on the platform? So the three cover loss from the University of Maryland goes back to 2001. Wow. However, the, the further back you go, the less accurate it gets. So we can go back until 2001, but there are some accuracy problems. Not problems, but less accuracy, I would say. Mm-hmm. And in terms of satellite imagery, we will be able to uh, to pull imagery from the last five years. So 2015 will be the starting point of, of the archive for the satellite imagery. Cool. Um, so you mentioned that it's possible to overlay with information about high conservation values and protected areas, etc. How do we get that information on the platform? Uh, so this is uh, an exercise that we've been doing since we had the idea of developing such tool. And so we did a bit of research and we tried to, to find out the best available information with a high degree of reliability. So we said you know, intact forest landscapes, it's a quite, quite important topic now. So it will be worth for us to have this. So we did the research and uh, we found out that this one initiative coming from research and NGOs mapping intact forest landscape. So we went there, we uh, harvested the data and uh, pre-processed and then published again and consumed it on their app. And the same goes for all the relevant, yeah, relevant layers that we thought we should include, such as protected areas. The layer from protected areas is being constantly updated by the IUCN and the United Nations. 
by an initiative called Four Database Protected Areas, WDPA. And the same with indigenous lands coming from the landmark initiative, which is the most reliable source of indigenous lands and community lands, detailed mm -hmm. boundaries, detailed, detailed areas. Same for hydrology. So for hydrology, it comes from from radar data. I noticed that you didn't mention high conservation value areas, which I guess is natural because basically they are defined by the forest owner as part of the certification. Often in many countries, you don't have a registry of all high conservation value areas in that country or it's not complete. Um, and therefore, it's something that the forest owner has to produce themselves during the certification process and say, this is the areas that we have high conservation value areas in. So therefore, I will not do any management in those areas. Will there be a possibility to capture those areas as well if the forest owner choose to upload uh, their boundary data into the platform? Can they indicate this part of the forest area has high conservations, this part of the forest area is a protected area, etc. Or do we only create those layers from external sources that are independent? So we have these feature layers from independent sources, but the, the tool, the portal will give the ability to, to either upload data. So let's say the forest owner has the, the boundaries and the files. So if Let's say I'm an auditor and I'm going for an audit and I say, do you have H HCVs? And the force owner says, yes, I have the files. You can have those. The auditor will be able to upload those files there and do the analysis, include that as a layer for, for input in the analysis. And same goes for other concerning areas. And let's say the, the force owner doesn't have um, the files, but he knows where they are. So auditor will be also able to uh, to locate those by drawing on the map by hand to approximate locations of such not only HCVs but other topics uh, or other areas that might be uh, relevant for the auditing process. Mm -hmm. So if let's imagine I'm an auditor, I've I've sat there with my mouse, I've drawn an area. Can I then save that area for next time for the same, or do I have to do it every single time I do an audit? It gets tricky once we start to to save such kind of data. So as of today, we decided not to save any, let's say, private data, because we know that some uh, forest owners are concerned that some of of, of the private data might be uh, published or shared with 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 others. So we decided that we are not going to save any data for this first uh, rollout of the portal. Okay, so every time I, I draw them again. So maybe if I know that I'm going to return to this, maybe it is worth the while to create an actual file containing the areas. How much work yeah. is it to, to create such a file? How do you do that? So for that, you will need a bit of GIS knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's quite straightforward once you know how to do it. But yeah, so once you know how to do that, it's uh, a couple of minutes, let's say one hour to produce such uh, such file. But if you don't know how to do that, and if you don't have the knowledge, then it might get tricky. Mm. 
So would you, what do you do then? Do you hire a consultant? Is that something that's straightforward for a consultant to help you do if you can produce like a paper map or some other kind of overview? Or how do you handle that as a forest owner? Yes, there might be some consultants, GIS consultants, or even the, the foresters themselves might have some, some GIS background, but it should be a, a, a quite straightforward process. It's nothing overcomplicated. So it will, if you have a, a, a well-organized uh, forestry operation, you will probably have such, uh, at, at least the boundaries of your, of your forest. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm now a forest owner and I want to make sure that my certification body uses the portal. What do I do? Just ask. <laughs> ask him or her, uh, look at the cool tool that FSC is launching. And, um, so I would like that you use it to conduct the, the audit on my forest. And, and that's it. We, we are not making this a mandatory tool but we are interested in, in providing helpful tools for the auditors to, you know, to have a smoother, uh, smoother auditing process. Mm-hmm. Will there be training for the auditors for them to be able to know how to use it? Yes, so we will launch some short videos showing uh, how, to, how to use the platform, but within the platform itself, we are designing something that is called a product tour. So it will be... Uh, yeah, step by, step by step product tour showing uh, what can be done and how to use it. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm now, I'm again, I'm the forest owner. I asked my certification body to use the portal. My auditor has gone in. He or she has done the analysis and seen the results. Do I also get access to the results? Yes. So the final, the very final step of, of the process would be to print or to export a report in, uh, in PDF form, highlighting all the results coming from the analysis. So in that report, you will get a summary of, of your area of interest, hectares, what areas fall within the, the certified forest, what intersects, and what's the amount of, of, of area coming from forest loss within all the, the assessed layers. So the auditor will get a PDF file with a report and that can be shared with the, with the certificate holder as well. Mm-hmm. All of this is uh, hugely exciting, Andres. What's the timelines for making this a reality? Uh, we are planning to launch this in 2021. So at the very beginning of, of year, the, the platform, the portal should be, should be launched and, and fully operational. Is that then a beta launch or is that a full launch or what are we doing there? That's a full launch. So the, the, the portal will be fully operational. And how much testing has gone into it before then? How, how do we so know that it works? Intense internal testing. So internally in FSE, we've been uh, we'll be testing each deployment, but also we've been engaging with, with certification bodies and um, a group of auditors who went through the platform and provided inputs saying what works, what doesn't work, and what needs to be to be tweaked. What's been the reaction from the auditors that has helped in testing this? Do they find it useful? Yes, there's a, a wide range of reactions. There have been quite positive comments and finding it useful. 
wanting to to bring additional data sets that the ones we we have initially uh, featured also requests of having more detailed information what happens once you launch the platforms what's next so at the beginning this is as only uh, an auditing tool but such technology or such tools can be used for several other things so we don't want to stop here once FM online is, is is ongoing and we are receiving data from FM online, we would like to connect what what's coming from FM online and display that on the map, so that the the auditors or hopefully any user could see on the map uh, the actual location of of certified forests and what the results of the audit were on the map, not only on a table but on, on the map. So that's the cool part, and we've been also trying to find out the most recent uh, products coming from remote sensing on, on forest-related topics, such as carbon claims, biomass, also trying to go deeper into not only detecting forest and non-forest, but also types of forest, old forest, young forest, and, and plantation forest. So that's something we are constantly looking at trying to find out new sources of information that we will be able to consume into the platform. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that we want to do in the future. And so this uh, in the future moves only from being an audit tool to becoming an FSC GIS portal that will provide yeah, analysis tools and, and, and access to information of auditors, but also for, for any interested stakeholders. Okay, Andres, one last question. When you look at 2021, what makes you most excited? Oh, what makes me more excited is one, that we will be launching GIS portal and we will bring more advanced analytic analysis capabilities to the auditors and to FSC, but also the possibility of improving the tool and having more advanced analysis and more advanced analytical capabilities rather than just showing data on a map, being able to do more advanced things. Does it also make you excited that all of the outlooks to connect the portal up with digital audit reports and other climate initiatives, etc.? Yes, definitely. So the more information we can have, the uh, better decisions we or other stakeholders can make. So definitely once we can combine normal data coming from, from FM online reports with geographical data coming from, from the GIS portal, then we'll have the whole spectrum together and we'll be able to do, uh, I would say, very interesting things and very interesting analysis. Thank you, Andres. That was a very lovely ending to a, a very interesting interview about your, your project, which I'm looking very much forward to seeing it becoming a reality. My pleasure, Laura. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> That's it. I hope you are now as excited as I am about the outlooks of this new portal. I can really see how this can bring FSC auditing to a completely new level. It can help auditors prepare for audits more easily. It can help enable objective selection of areas for inspections of on-site audits. And it can help us focus on the parts of an audit that cannot be monitored and analyzed automatically. For example, the social aspects or the management systems or things that are just happening under the canopy. 
So let's hope that a lot of auditors will start using the platform straight away so we can get more GIS into FSE. Next time, we will return to our small mini-series on the FSC Global Strategy with the final episode that focuses on smallholders and Indigenous people. Until then, if you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovation and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org I am Loa Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.